Well, today we have three segments. The first is what people wish they had had or had more of going through this Arctic freeze this week. The second segment is preparing for the elderly during winter. And the third is on oregano oil, how to make it and how to use it. Stay with us. Welcome to Practical Prepping. Today is January 18th, 2024, and this is episode number 447. This is the prepping podcast with no bunkers, no zombies, and no alien invasions. Just practical prepping, where we believe that stuff happens, so we need to stay prepared. And we're here to help you get prepared. I'm Krista. And I'm Mark. And if you'd like the expanded notes for this episode, go to practicalprepping.info forward slash 447. And if you're not receiving the Practical Prepping newsletter, go to that website, practicalprepping.info, and click on free PDF, and you'll receive the free Getting Started in Prepping PDF, and you'll be added to the newsletter. It is cold. It is definitely cold up in here. Tell you folks how cold it is, Krista's drinking another cup of coffee today she's usually a one cup day yeah this is a two cupper this is definitely <laughs> a two three. cupper I, I, i'm on second pot I'm, i've got my fingers you know wrapped around it to warm up my fingers you know much of the country is in a deep freeze right now mm-hmm. we've been seeing negative numbers near us we've been down to two degrees with a wind chill of 15 below that's here i've seen some 30 and 40 degree below zero wind chill and snow has been dropped across much of the country and today is day four for us being stuck inside thankfully neither one of us had to leave And so we've just stayed in stayed off the road we know that if we stay in we're not going to have a wreck yeah. So we've just stayed in, and but you know the next two days don't look very promising at all. No, we're still going to have some polar Arctic air. We've got a small amount of precipitation, probably sleet, to fall on top of the ice that we've accumulated. Mm-hmm. So we still have a bit of winter weather to go through. And that's why a lot of people, especially up north, make fun of us down here. We'll get a few days of snow each year or every other year, and we just don't have the gear here to do the plowing and such that they do up north, and the snow is different. It's a wet snow here, and it turns into ice, Mm -hmm. and so they can't scrape the ice without damaging the asphalt, and so it's really not financially feasible for cities and counties in the south to invest millions of dollars i know that one county in alabama that i lived in in 93 when we had all the big snow they invested in a lot of equipment and we didn't have another snow for 10 years i mean it just it sat there Well, that's why budget concerns really do surprise people because if you're someone coming from up north You've come from budgets that almost every street in your county is going to get some sort of treatment. Now, that's not going to happen here in Hot School. They will treat the interstates and they will treat the state highways, but pretty much the suburban streets, anything rural, county road, there is no money or resources for that. Yeah, and and the others, when you say treat, they get sprayed, but we don't have the snow removal equipment. Mm -hmm. 
And we've been above freezing today, and there's been some melting, but we've got bitter cold coming again tonight. So it's going to freeze again tonight and be ice on the roads tomorrow morning as well. So most of the schools around here have already closed, and that's really a good thing. You don't want those kids. You don't want school buses on the roads with that ice. You don't want people slipping and falling on school grounds. Exactly. Exactly. Now, we've not lost power, water, or gas. Yes, we've been very fortunate. We have. We have eaten as we normally do. Mm -hmm. Now, we have turned down the thermostats a few degrees because they're asking us to conserve energy to avoid rolling blackouts. Yeah, we're we're cool with that. You know, we've been keeping our thermostat in the mid to low 60s anyway. Yeah, and so we've turned it down a little bit, which means that... We are layered up a little bit more, but we're comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing two pair of Wally Whirl pants, you know, <laughs> the, the flannel pajamas. The, yeah, like the flannel casual slacks. Yeah, as it it's, were. it's so cold that they are recommending that you wear two pair when you go to Walmart. <laughs> oh, dressing up for Walmart. Yeah. Yep. We're also sleeping under an electric blanket. An so absolute godsend. <laughs> it is. And so we stay warm and the house doesn't have to stay as warm. The heaters don't have to work as hard. We've opened our cabinet doors and we've dripped the faucets. Mm-hmm. And so we've not had any frozen pipes. And But, you know, not everyone has been as prepared or as fortunate. True. Now, even many who have been prepared have found some holes or found some things they would like to have had. And we ask a question in the Facebook group, and we gleaned some answers from some other groups and some forums, and this was the question. What do you wish you had had or had more of during the Arctic weather? Yes, it's been so interesting. The responses have been so varied. One of the very first ones that came in from one of our regular listeners is that snow melting type of sand, Mm -hmm. just to be able to have it at your house to put on steps, stairways, driveways. You know, some people can still get out and walk around, but if they don't have something to melt that snow, they're just ice skating in their shoes. And it's what they call redneck ice skating. It's not pretty. (laughs) It's, It's not it's not. It's not graceful at all. (laughs) I've done it. (laughs) But now you can also use salt for melting the snow. And it comes in good for those walkways Mm -hmm. and for those steps, just to avoid falling and breaking something. Now, you're saying salt. One of the things that I verified was that at some of the big warehouse club places, they sell these 40-pound bags of rock salt. People use them a lot of times in their water conditioning treatment Mm -hmm. filters, and some people will use them for making ice cream with rock salt. But you can take rock salt, and you can spread that out on your deck and your porch and your steps. And it does do a pretty good job Mm -hmm. of melting the snow off and melting the ice out. You need to go back and really sweep good and make sure that it's nice and dry. And, of course, any accumulation after that, you got to retreat. Right. Another thing that we found that some folks had said that they wish they had was more propane or more firewood. Mm -hmm. And one young lady said, we learned that we burn more firewood for heat than we do for ambiance. And we need to beef that up. Right. Yeah, because people are not prepared sometimes to do four, five, six, ten days in a row. Mm -hmm. They may think, oh, I'm going to have firewood for the night and that's it. And that's all that some people had. 
if you judge the firewood that you'd burn on a normal night, that's one amount. Mm-hmm. But if you're burning it 24-7 trying to use it to heat, which my sister would have to do if they lose power. Exactly. That's their only backup is their fireplace. Right. And if you're trying to heat up with an outside temperature of two below, mm-hmm. that air heat needs to move a long way. So it you've does. got to use more wood and more energy for that fire. Now, someone else had said that he wished he had had better provisions in the vehicle. Such as? He particularly wished that he had had like a snow shovel and a blanket that he had not put in there. And having that some type of, not the big wide snow shovel for clearing the walkways. But but, just like a portable kind. But having a shovel might help you to dig out from when you're stuck. Well, that foldable shovel that the, hikers use, would yes, that work? Yes, that would work. Okay. Anything there is better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Craig said uh, he wished he had had glove liners. You know, a lot of people don't know about glove liners. Talk about that. Well, you know a lot more about them than I do, but I know what I have done is put on cotton gloves and then put on my exterior gloves. But What y'all were talking about is they actually sell some that are designed to be glove liners. Mm -hmm. Sort of a heat heat holding type of a liner that they're very flexible so that you can easily put regular gloves over top of Mm -hmm. them. And it just adds that extra layer. It helps to keep the water and the moisture out and keeps your fingers from feeling so cold. Because digits, as you know, your toes and your fingers, your nose, the tips of your ears... These are the things we talked about with frostbite. And so you've got to use your fingers. And so these glove liners, one of our listeners said that's an area that he realized once he had to be out in this air for a prolonged period of time, his hands were his worst complaint. Mm -hmm. And had he had those glove liners, it would have been a game changer. And I saw another lady that was talking about the organization of their gloves is that the kids started looking for gloves and they had not all put them back where they should have been the Uh last time they used them. Yeah. So it came back to, okay, we're going to put a glove box somewhere. Yeah, because kids want to go out and play. Exactly. And they're going to have to have the gloves when they go out there and who knows where they left them last time. (laughs) Yeah. So when you're through with your gloves, put them in this box so they will be there the next time you need them. Mm -hmm. And so that that was an idea for her. Now, someone else said they wish they'd had more Coke Zero. Oh, yeah. So they didn't prep up on their Coke Zero stash. (laughs) And and I I think it was the idea that we have enough to last this long, but it went a lot longer than we expected. Mm -hmm. And you made the point with him that... Grocery deliveries are not going to be available during this kind of stuff. That's true. A lot of folks have to remember, if you're being urged to not get out on the roads, delivery companies are saying the same thing to their drivers because they don't want the liability either. Mm -hmm. So don't just expect that just because you can't get out doesn't mean that you can have all these deliveries going to come into your door because they're going to say no. And so this is why we prep people, people. This is why we prep. Didn't mean to be all harsh there. I, I was being nice. I was smiling when I said it. She but was. This is why we prep. We have to think about not just tomorrow or the day after. We've got to think about it in terms of weeks, months, seasons, even to start. That's where we are. And this one really requires doing well in advance. 
But one person said they really wish they had had more insulation in the house. You know, you can always tell in the neighborhood which houses have good attic insulation. Mm -hmm. Because if their roof is still covered with snow and ice and they've not lost any power, then they've got good insulation. That means they're not losing any heat. Exactly. The next door neighbor, their roof is completely free of accumulation, Mm -hmm. which means much heat is going right up through the roof. And that's the deal is it's losing that heat. And if you lose the power and you have to go to the auxiliary heat, whether it is propane or whether it is fireplace, whatever it is, the less of that heat that escapes, the more efficient that auxiliary heating becomes and the less fuel you need. Exactly. So go outside when you've got snow and ice on the roof and investigate. Mm -hmm. Take some inventory of how it's looking up there. If you're seeing melt patches and the rest of the neighborhood has accumulation that's still there because it has frozen all day long, then you've got to do something about your insulation. It'll pay for itself in the long run because not only is it usable during this type of a situation, but it makes your house much more efficient as far as the heating and even the cooling. That works in the summertime too when you're trying to keep the cold air in. Absolutely. Now, another thing that I saw, and I saw this in several places, was a better way to provide heat for their pets. Hmm. I saw, I actually read a story this morning on one of the news services of a lady in Nevada that has a couple of horses and they've bought this old home place and they're getting ready to build the barn, but they haven't gotten the barn built. She didn't have a way to provide heat for the horses. Well, they're going to tear the house down. So she brought the horses inside the house for some period of time to keep them warm. Well, sort of a barn alternative. A barn alternative. (laughs) Usually, most of us are not going to have to go that far. Mm -hmm. Uh, Usually, we can bring our pets in. Maybe, maybe not. But one person who has a couple of very large dogs wanted to heat this sunroom area where those dogs stay normally. And he used a quart jar, packed it with Crisco, put a candle down in it, and put it under a big terracotta pot. Something the dogs couldn't knock over. Couldn't knock over, okay. and it they're they're not the hyper dogs. Okay. So, yeah. uh, it, it, but it does bring up a good point that if you have a flame in there, you do need to be really really careful with that. Mm-hmm. But we've we've seen it before with using the tea lights under the terracotta pots. Yeah. But I would say that if you can use a bigger candle, you'll get more heat out of that. Let me also mention this, too. A lot of folks don't know about this, but I'll tell you. Since I had been in the pet industry for 30 years, there is a reptile product called a ceramic heater. There's also products called Hot Rocks, but I'm specifically talking about a ceramic heater. And it screws up into one of those big silver reflector dome type of a fixture. You've seen what I'm talking about. It's a looks like a great big silver half round. This ceramic heater screws in in the place of a light bulb. So it's not a light bulb. You screw it in. You have to have electricity for this to work. But it is a ceramic heater, so it does not produce light, so it won't hurt anybody's eyes. And it produces a goodly amount of heat in a certain area. And that could also be placed down into a terracotta pot to create some bit of an ambient heat type of a source. Because now dogs have 
nature's protection. Their temperature at rest is close to 102, sometimes 103. So they actually have a great deal of warmth. And they don't need their ambient air to be 70 degrees. They can be comfortable in a 45, 50 mm-hmm. degree room. No, no sweat, no problem. In fact, we had dogs that would go out and play in the ice. You couldn't stop them. But think about a ceramic heater if you need to. Just wanted to put that in there. Now, another thing, and Dad did this with our dog when I was a little kid, and I've actually done it for several other things over the years when we had a non-connected washroom on the back porch, and it was non-insulated, and we had that kind of a temperature coming in, is he would use a 200-watt light bulb and put it in there. So for our dog... He put a pallet in there for him or a bed for him to lay on, and he put a 200-watt light bulb, which gives off a fair amount of heat in a small utility room, so the dog was able to stay comfortable. Now, it wouldn't have gotten comfortable enough in there for me, Mm -hmm. but like you say, it would stay 40, 50 degrees in there, so he was very, very comfortable. Another thing that came up, was a way to keep water from freezing for the pets. And particularly, I saw it with the chickens. Okay. And others have talked about having to go pour boiling water on their trough to be able to melt it through. Uh, Some have gone out with an axe and broken it up, trying to get it so that the animals could have water. I don't know that you can just poke a hole in it and the chicken will find it. Not so much. So you came up with some nice ideas. One, you shared of a product y'all used to sell. Yes, there are products called pond de-icers. It's a little electric product that goes into a pond for fish, so it's animal safe. And it does not warm the water, but it prevents the water from freezing. So it will hold water somewhere between a 38, about a 48 degree temperature. So it's not frozen. And it won't freeze as long as that pond de-icer is inside that water. You do have to have access to power, though, so mm-hmm. it's, not a pa- it's not a power outage working system. But it's one of those things, unless you have a pond, and when I say pond, I'm not talking about a farm pond. I'm talking about a koi pond, mm-hmm. a goldfish pond, a backyard beautiful pond, ornamental. And so you can use this in a water trough for animals. It's perfectly safe to use. And so I've directed a lot of folks to go to pond supply stores, larger pet stores that deal with pond items. Some of the farm supply stores have a pond section, and they may be able to find a pond de-icer for the large trough amount of water. We're talking about 100 gallons plus. Another thing that they sell at some of the farm supply stores is heated buckets. Sure do. They were talking about having the heated buckets for their animals. But one of the most unique ideas that I saw, and this was for a lady to keep her chicken's water from freezing, was they put it in a crock pot and kept the crock pot on low. Yeah, or or a warm setting, which is even lower than low. Okay. Just enough to keep it warm. It kept it from freezing. Smart. So there's a few of the things that some of our folks have come up with that they wish that they had had or had more of or a better way of doing something. And so we just thought we'd share that with you. You might be in a situation where you need that today, or 
next time. Or in the future. So, yeah, keep those in mind. And refer back to our podcast mm-hmm. to remind you of the things that you can use that you might have around the house or things you need to prep up on, especially to our friend that needs that Diet Coke <laughs> or that Coke Zero. <laughs> My daughter loves Coke Zero, too, so she's got a goodly amount of prep for that, too. And We do appreciate all of our friends that are in this winter blast and trying to make it. We're making it right there with you. So we are. We're right in there with you trying to stay warm and doing our best. Having a mother that's 91 years old. God bless her. And is having some dementia at this time. Not a tremendous amount, but some. It brings up the conversation of how do we prep for her for winter? My mother is fairly active. She even gets out and gardens a little bit and, you know, she toddles around out there and she raises a few vegetables living where she does. But she can't go outside right now in the cold. And in the winter, she can't be out. She enjoys the summer, the spring, and even the early fall till it gets too cold for her. What are some of the things that we can do in caring for our elderly folks in prepping for them for winter. If the temp's low but the power's on, we've got a lot more things that we can do. Absolutely. You know, you can use a small electric supplemental heat device, something that can be placed in an area of the room that's away from anything flammable, not near any curtains or any baskets of newspapers. Or I know that my parents, who have now gone on, but when they were living here together, They were a little bit bad about having just baskets of newspapers and magazines everywhere. Mm -hmm. So you have to be very careful about where you put that electric supplemental heat. But yeah, take advantage of the electricity being on as much as possible. And the good thing is we've noticed that the older folks get, the colder they are. So to make them comfortable, you have to elevate the temperature in the rest of the house to make everyone else uncomfortable. Yes, but, you know, their comfort degree. is preeminent. I understand that, yeah. but the supplemental heat really helps with that. It does. They heat her bedroom with supplemental heat. And this for you, those of you that are listening, his mother doesn't live alone. So no. just don't be worried about that. No. She is living with his sister and gets very good care there and she, is very she happy. She does, but this is some of the things that we've talked about yeah, and sure. that— my sister has told me that they're doing. Yeah. And even when they're eating, now she goes to the table and, and does pretty much what she wants to in the house. Mm-hmm. But they have an electric heater that is pointed at her for mealtime. Yeah, because just to keep her feet and her legs exactly. comfortable. Exactly. So that's something really to consider. And she uses one called My Heater it is the, the brand on it. I'm not familiar with it. And it's only about six inches, and so I suspect it's a ceramic, and it really helps in her bedroom. Another thing is to make sure that they have good, warm house shoes. And socks. And socks. (laughs) And we don't normally wear socks in the house, but here lately we've both been digging out some pretty heavy socks to Mm -hmm. be wearing during all of this snowpocalypse and ice. and (laughs) Snowmageddon. (laughs) Yeah, snowmageddon. Well, for us it's ice-mageddon. We didn't get any snow at all. Yes, but you can keep things like the the real warm house shoes, outerwear, like robes that are comfortable for the mm-hmm. person. 
Yeah. And I have a very nice robe that is very thick. It's too hot for summertime. Yeah. But in the wintertime, it really feels good when mm-hmm. I get up and put that thing on. Sure enough. Over a couple of pair of flannel pants, and I'm doing pretty well. That's something to do. Now, I'd never thought about this, but that's encouraging them to take a sponge bath during the freezing temperatures instead of a full bath. Right. So the, they have that feeling of hygiene, but in, but not with the risk of fully immersing, you know, into a cold tub, because even hot water gets very cold on that tub. And, and quickly. And a lot of times those tubs are on an outer wall. Exactly. Which makes it even colder. And I can tell you, the porcelain tub is cold. And she, my mother, is bathing in a porcelain claw-footed tub, the big iron... <laughs> Porcelain covered, and it is cold no matter what. There are some places in drugstores that sell what's known as, it's kind of, imagine a wet wipe, but quite large, like Mm -hmm. an 18 square. It's called like an adult wet wipe bath. And basically it's a sponge bath and something she would know very well, having been a nurse for 55 years, Mm -hmm. she more than had delivered more than her share of sponge baths over her career. So that can also help just to that sense of hygiene without having to go through all the chilling risk of getting in and out of a tub. Another thing is making sure that they have lip balm. Yes. And plenty of lotion. Cold weather seems to dry our skin out. Yeah, we get ashy and we get dry. Skin feels tight, Mm -hmm. uncomfortable, leads to even worse problems, even because we're covering up a lot more too. So make sure that if you are having a bath or even after a sponge bath, apply that lotion top to toe if you can. Your skin really needs it and it will thank you for it, especially that lip balm too. And then layering clothing is one thing that we can encourage them to do. I've actually found myself a lot of times because Krista and I have kind of swapped temperatures and I'm a little colder now than she is. I have more insulation. Well, I'm also on a blood thinner. Oh, well, okay. That, we'll go with that then. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. But I get a little bit colder now and I sit closer to the outside wall in our den and mm-hmm. And I've started throwing a blanket over my legs. Yeah, I know. So keeping those throws, and we have those in the den there. We have a basket of them rolled up. If someone's here and they're cold, we can give them a throw to sit under. Mm -hmm. So that's a good option for us to use. One of the things that we need to look at with our elderly folks is to keep them active and engaged. Yes, Now, in her case, she can't go out into the backyard and scratch in her small garden like she can other times. Right. She can't get out and do things outside of the house near as much, but she still needs to be active. There's some things that we can do because that's hard on them. It also affects their mental state. It's kind of affecting us a little bit, being stuck inside the house for five days. So you feel stuck, do you? Uh, <laughs> well, considering... Now the truth comes out. <laughs> considering there's ice 360 degrees around the house. Stuck. Yep. Okay. I'm stuck. I can't go. I didn't even go to the mailbox yesterday because it's a sheet of ice. I got I got you stuck right here. Yeah, she's got me stuck. Uh <laughs> I'm stuck with you too, okay? Somebody get me out of this. (laughs) I think you chose the wrong word, but I follow exactly what you're saying. 
Because for someone who's already experiencing some dementia symptoms, those types of issues magnify. Mm -hmm. And it's even more imperative that we be aware that that's happening and be more sensitive to how they feel about it. And getting them to talk it out sometimes is hard at first, but it's exactly what you need to do. And I think where Mark was going with this is... Provided you can get out and go places, if you can't go out and do your garden, if they can still drive to church. Or be driven. Be driven to church, yes, to stay involved in those church activities, worship services, the social aspect. And that's one of the highlights of her week. Oh, yes. She's got friends there. She has always loved her church involvement. She has, and so this gives her an opportunity to get out. Now, they take two people to get her down the steps if it's icy or anything. Right. And otherwise, it's one person and her stick, but she can get down those steps. And once she gets down mm-hmm. the steps, she just tootle right on along to that car. And then she'll tell you where you're going to need to turn. I don't care if you've done it 29 times. She's going to tell you where you but need you know, to turn. We've been to church with your mom, and I've got to say, they're such sweet folks up there. They adore her. Oh, yeah. They love her. They will engage her in conversation, and she adores them. And it's been the one of the greatest things in her life since she had to move several hundred miles away mm-hmm. from the home she's known for 60-plus years, that she jumped right in and made friends and loves the Lord, and the good Lord's been good to her, and she knows it, and this little church that she attends, they've just got a bunch of sweet people, and we're so grateful for that. So if you can keep them involved in their church or keep them involved in some type of social activities? Yeah, whatever they enjoy. I mean, if they play bingo or yeah. Whatever their deal is, keep them going with that. One of the things that my sister has found that actually Mother is in, enjoying is letting Mother be a part of starting a fire in the fireplace. Maybe it just makes her feel warmer. It, it, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, getting your kids to cook. Makes I, them eat it. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> see, right? But she will carry firewood in. She will. I didn't even one know little that. stick at a time. Bless. One little stick at a time. Isn't that precious? And, you know, I can carry more in one arm load than she can carry in <laughs> 10 trips. But, but she's helping out with but that. She's fire. helping out. And well. that's part of the point is it keeps them involved. Yeah, they're they're being a part they're being of a something part, important. And they want to be productive. Mm-hmm. Something else that we have to avoid as much as we can is them feeling bored. Yeah. And yeah. I can see when we get to a certain age and we're less able to do things that we've done all of our lives, hobbies, activities, whatever, is we can become bored. So they keep reading books. She tries okay. to keep a new book available for my mother. When mother finishes this one, there's another one to start. That's great. I know she does love to read. She which does. Is great. She can go back and read books that she's already read, but she does enjoy that, and that helps her not to be bored. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, if you're reading history, for example, you're mentally traveling to where that history is. Yeah. It keeps them active and involved and something to do and puzzle books and adult coloring books. You know, that has gotten to be a huge industry. Mm-hmm. When I first heard about adult coloring books, I thought a bunch of adults are sitting around with colored pencils and crayons. and they're Yes, they are doing some beautiful mm-hmm. artwork and it can really help with the dexterity and the imagination. Puzzle books, I think, like the word search books and the crossword puzzles. 
These types of things fire off the neurons in the brain to help keep things active and engaged. Any doctor that has treated any of the geriatric patients will say, keep up with the types of things that force them to think it out, solve a problem, solve a mystery, you know, that sort of thing. That's something that my mother enjoyed way up into her upper years, even though she was in full dementia. She loved a good mystery movie and I would sit with her and I would watch a mystery movie and she would try to figure it out early on. Mm -hmm. And it was great for her because she was good at it. Especially with my mother and being 91, she grew up in an era before Facebook and I don't think they even had a telephone at home when she was a kid. Probably not. Her communication when she went to nurses school, she was 100 miles away from her family. And you didn't, at that time in 1953, 4, 5, you didn't just pick up the phone and call. Oh, heck no. Because that was long distance. You had to call at night or on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. remember those days. And what she did was she wrote letters. Yeah, snail mail. She still enjoys writing cards and letters. And that's wonderful. So they keep a stock of pens and paper and envelopes and stamps and keep her contact list book there for her to be able to write letters. That's so sweet. One thing that I understand that my sister does is she gives my mother one task every day for which she is responsible. Okay. Now, it might be a room to dust. Now, don't think that she's abusing my mother <laughs> by making her work. That That's not the idea. That's probably five minutes worth of dusting. For most folks. Total. And, and mother yeah. will take 30 minutes yeah, to do it because do it she's going to pick up each item. and she's, <laughs> But it keeps her busy. And so she can dust a room yeah. or she can go through a box of things that she has stored there that when she moved, they packed all of this up and we'll sort it later. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Sort this box today and figure out what needs to go or what needs to stay. She'll give her a picture album to put pictures in for the day nice. and things like that. And But give them something to do to feel useful. With my mother, when we're there with her and we have a meal, there's always an argument over who's washing the dishes because she's always loved to do the dishes. Yeah. And we try to, mother, I'll do that. I'll do that. And I'm beginning to see that, hey. She enjoys doing that. Right. Let her do it. And she does a good job. She, so. she really does. Absolutely. I mean, I mean each one's going to get washed just like each little trinket's going to get dusted. I mean, it's going to be a very, she very is thorough, thorough thing. I have to admire her. She is thorough. Something else I thought about is, particularly when we're talking about setting some things up for good elderly person care. Also, if this affects you in your life and you're a caregiver or you have a relative or a dear friend that kind of fills the same description, sometimes you need to be willing to spend some time with them. It's maybe more than just an occasional minute here or five minutes there, mm -hmm. but there may be Times when you really need to just go and devote an hour or more to just visit with them, just chat with them. Maybe like with my mother, enjoy a movie on television and maybe be looking around to see that there may be some needs that pop up that the elderly person may not be able to articulate. Maybe you can see that laundry is piling up. Maybe you can see that the refrigerator is getting a little bit chock full of stuff that needs to geo-go. So maybe you just need to be willing to do some things 
to be even more thorough and helpful to someone whose need is great and may not be as aware. Don't try to do things behind their back, but just always say, you know, I'm going to help you out a little bit and I'm just going to wipe out this refrigerator and there's a couple of things in here that need to go. And if it needs to be 25 things that need to go, then let them go. But help out in areas that you know this person, maybe they can't lift the wet laundry out of the washing machine anymore into the dryer. So I'm just saying that be more aware, look around, be very thorough, evaluate how things are looking there. And what areas maybe you can jump in and simply be a helper and mm-hmm. just do some caregiving and be a blessing to that sweet little lady or little gentleman in your life that could just use that love from your heart. Now, another thing that my sister does is involve my mother in meal preparation. Oh, yes. She enjoys being in the kitchen and helping. Now, I don't think she does much cooking at all anymore, except when we're there and we're having cornbread. We don't want anybody cooking the cornbread but her. Oh, yeah. And she's the, she's legendary. That is the most awesome cornbread you'll <laughs> eat, especially if she makes it in the corn sticks. But get foods that they like and that they enjoy and enjoy them in meal prep. And it will help them feel useful and it will help them not be bored Well, yeah, what that does is it just further cements that feeling of participation, and particularly like in your mother's case, she's now living with her own child, who was an adult woman. And there's just got to be an element there that there needs to be a familiar, something that makes you feel comfortable and familiar. And meal prep is a great way for that. And that just makes her kind of feel like, yeah, this is my home too. Mm -hmm. And that's really what that helps to do is it gives them that feeling of involvement. It's encouraging. It is helpful. And it just makes the meal a lot nicer too because they've had a hand in it. And they can even impart their wisdom and their recipe knowledge, which is great. I would love to glean your mother's mind for all the wonderful recipes that she has in there. And uh, Someday I'm going to try to master her cornbread, but I probably never will. But it's so nice to be able to involve them in that, and it just makes them feel like they're spending, they're not wasting time, that they're investing time. And that's such a small thing, really, in a way, but it's big to them. And that's what's really all about, isn't it? That's what it's about. My daughter and I have been doing a lot of talking back and forth about making our own oregano oil. It's a homemade remedy. I've heard about oregano oil gosh, more than 15 years ago, because it is a completely herbal and organic way to have a ready remedy for a vast number of ailments. So I did a little research and I found this really cool website called anoffthegridlife.com and a writer named Sarita Harbour. And I did some reading of her article and found great information. And I want to do this myself. So I'm about to launch into telling you how to make your own homemade remedy of organic oregano oil. And I'll tell you why you want to have some of this in your house. This is not just an emergency medical tincture. This is something that you can use not only as a medicine, (laughs) it sounds like Saturday Night Live, but it's also a salad dressing. And I'll get into that in just a second. But let me tell you, what are the benefits of your own homemade oregano oil? Well, I'll tell you. For healthy digestion, You can place one to two drops of this oil that you're going to make in a glass of water. You drink that. There are antimicrobial properties of this oil. It helps to produce bile, which is very necessary for healthy digestion. It'll give you better food breakdown. 
it's anti-parasitic. And because it's antimicrobial, a lot of times parasites are on a molecular level, the kind you can't see. And from what I understand, they're the more dangerous type. And also for the rest of your pipes, it's a really good yeast infection killer and it's antibacterial. So it does a lot of digesting and cleansing while it's down in there. Now, something else it's good for, it will help reduce pain. Pain is such a bad deal, and a lot of us deal with it on an hourly basis, and I can tell you, it'll eat your lunch. Now, pain often comes from inflammation, so we need to find something that's anti-inflammatory. But let's be honest, there's only so many aspirin and acetaminophens you can chew every day before it starts to hurt your liver. So think about oregano oil. Because it has natural anti-inflammatory properties, it is restorative to all of your connective tissues, it has a lubricative effect, and people who use it on a regular basis begin to report that their pain levels have been significantly reduced. And it's all natural. Now, for the skin, you can actually put this oregano oil directly on your skin. It has an antifungal property. And again, like I mentioned before, it's antibacterial. So if you're dealing with a wound, a cut, something that may have a risk of infection, or if there's some sort of a rash, it has actually been an effective treatment for both eczema and psoriasis with remarkable results. Now, if you're going through this winter and you've developed a bit of a cough or you have a sore throat, ingesting some of this oregano oil is very healing and soothing. You can even rub a little bit on your chest to help break up respiratory congestion, which is fantastic. Now, the salad dressing part, sure enough, because it's a food product, you can actually take a small amount of this and add it to your vinaigrettes, your salad dressings, and just eat it like regular food. Can't hurt you. Now, I want to tell you how you make it. Now, there are a few steps. They're very easy steps, but it is somewhat time-consuming, but for what it will offer to you, it is well worth it. So here's what you do. You take a mason jar or a ball jar, and you do a sterilization on the jar and the lid and the ring. Basically, what you're doing is you set that down into some water. You boil that water with that jar and that lid and that ring in there for about five minutes. Take it out, and then let it cool. Now, you're going to put in equal parts dried oregano leaves and some organic extra virgin olive oil. Now, my daughter and I were talking about this, and we said, you know, if we're going to be making this as a medicine, we want to find the finest oregano leaves and the finest organic olive oil that money can buy. This is no time to go cheap. I will most likely buy my oregano from an herbal supply store that is certified organic. And the organic olive oil is pretty easy to find in most any grocery store. But you do want to find the finest quality that you can. And I suggest that you look for olive oil that is directly sourced out of either Greece or Spain rather than Italy. They do produce the better olive oils. Now, you put equal parts oregano leaves and then equal part olive oil into that jar. Now, you need to just set that aside for a moment. You need to take a pan large enough to put the jar into and just put water in that pan, bring it up to boiling, take that water off the heat, and then set that jar of oregano and oil up to the shoulder of the jar in that boiling water off the heat. Let it sit there for 15 minutes. After 15 minutes, take it out, dry it off, and then set that jar in a warm, sunny, undisturbed window for two weeks. 
you're going to want to go every other day and shake that jar to mix up the contents. So for 14 days, every other day, shake it up, leave it in the sunny window. After the two weeks, you're going to want to strain that olive oil oregano mixture through a cheesecloth or a fine sieve or a colander. You want to discard the solids and you want to take that strained oil and put it back into the jar. Now it's ready for use. You're going to store it in a cool, dark location, or you can even store it in the refrigerator. It will last for months. It's great for everyday use, and it's especially good if you want to put some into other sterilized, smaller jars for bug-out purposes or car bag purposes if you need a small amount, or even if you're making some for your family members to give them some oregano oil, plus all the information on how to use it and what it's good for. I'm going to be doing this, my daughter's going to be doing this, and we're going to put oregano oil, our own homemade concoction, into our regular rotation for everyday life. And I hope to be able to report back to you the significant differences that I'm going to expect to feel with my pain levels and my digestive issues and a host of other things that I'm going to attribute to oregano oil, the homemade remedy taking care of those problems in my life. I hope that you'll try it. And if you do, I would love for you to give me some feedback on either how you use it or how you have used it in the past and perhaps any other herbal remedies that you know about that we can explore. Hey, listen, thanks for listening. Get back with me on your oregano oil. I'd love to hear how you live with it every day. Today's cup of coffee comes from Renee. Hey, Renee, we really appreciate that. We really do. And if you receive value from our podcast, why don't you help us out by giving back a little? First, you can buy us a cup of coffee, you know, just like Renee did. Or second, you can start your Amazon shopping from our website. That costs you nothing extra, but it pays us a small commission on qualifying purchases. And you'll find the links to both of those at practicalprepping.info. Both of these really help us out. and We appreciate it. Hey, It's like Mark says that I always say, stuff happens. Stay prepared. And we'll see you next week.